the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. What up, what up? Welcome to Buckets, the fantasy basketball podcast here on the Action Network, presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Dan Titus, joined as always with my boy, Adam Koffler. Damn, dude, it's crazy. We're already at week 17. We're at the trade deadline. We're only five weeks away from the fantasy playoffs, which is crazy. So we're going to make sure that we get you guys prepared for that. If you're in the hunt or if you're already in a good position where you need to stash some people to make that playoff run, we got you. We're going to go through some trade deadline. We had a big trade go down on Sunday. That's going to have some fancy implications. Another one went down earlier in the week. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll get into the waivers. So let's hop right into it, Koffler. I think the biggest news that dropped on Sunday, right before we're recording here, Karis LeVert is on his way to Cleveland on a deal that included only Ricky Rubio and a couple of picks. Uh, looks like a 22 first, a future second. But this is a really good news for the Cleveland Cavaliers in real life basketball. They're going to get themselves another scoring threat. Uh, and Karis LeVert here, but want to know the, the fantasy impact of this. Got to expect Chris Duarte. He, he goes to the moon now. Chris Duarte probably goes to the moon now. Remember, Demonis Sabonis has been out for a few games in health and safety protocols. He's back on Sunday. So that probably puts a thorn in the side of some of these streamers for the, that the Pacers have had, like, you know, guys like Terry Taylor and Dwayne Washington. However, I do still think there's a place for Terry Taylor. Now he's not going to go off for like 25 and 14, like he did the last two nights because the monster bonus hogs up the paint. However, I think we still see him stick in the starting lineup, to be honest, like Goga Batazzi's back too, but he's a direct backup to Sabonis. So they need guys that are going to be in the, so the starting lineup for the Pacers right now with Malcolm Brogdon still out, probably looks something like uh, Duarte, Dwayne Washington, who I sort of like right now as a streamer, Sabonis, Terry Taylor and Justin Holiday. So it depends. It's either going to be Terry Taylor. It's going to be Tory Craig. Um, one of those guys, whoever starts is probably uh, going to have streaming value here for, for at least a little bit while Malcolm Brogdon's still out. And you figure with Karis LeVert now gone, the Pacers are in full tank mode, right? So one of Sabonis or Turner is likely out the door in the next three, four days. So we'll have to see what happens there. And then on the Cleveland side, you're bringing in a scorer and a sort of a high usage guy. Um, Darius Garland's been out for a couple of games. Not sure if he's back on Sunday yet, if that news is broken, but, um, you figure like the only guys on the Cavs that, that are fantasy relevant are the starters and maybe Kevin Love. Isaac Okoro probably goes back into like having zero relevance from a fantasy perspective. Um, Dean Wade was like a streamer for a couple of games. Like he's got no value anymore. So that, that's sort of how I see it shaking out. That probably doesn't affect the big men in, in Cleveland very much. And, uh, and in terms of overt, uh, probably loses a little bit of value because just the team is just better and he's probably not needed to do as much as he was in Indiana. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Is that, do you sort of agree with, with that sort of breakdown? Uh, yeah, I think Terry Taylor, I, I think we'll, we'll mainly see a decrease in his rebounds. I mean, the guy's just been phenomenal pulling down 14 and 16 rebounds over the last yeah. two games. Um, but he's been a scoring threat. So, and with the minutes that he's seen and, you know, upwards of 37, 38, he's getting a ton. And, and like what you said, with Karis LeVert leaving the, the starting lineup, that's going to open up opportunities. So I think we could see just based off of his performance, they could have decided to give Lance Stevenson those minutes. They didn't. They still signed him to the end of the season. But I think that they like Terry Taylor here. So I'm definitely excited to at least keep him on your roster. I think you need to definitely wait and see on that, especially with so many variables at stake here with Demonis Sabonis potentially being on the move and 
you know, we don't know when Miles Turner, he also could be on the move. So there could be a lot of playing time opportunity here by the end of the week for Indiana. So don't jump the gun to releasing these guys just yet because they could have some staying power here if there's some trade action. And they only have three games in week 17. But if you remember back, Dwayne Washington in the beginning of January with Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert both out of the lineup, he was playing 30-ish minutes, 35-ish minutes per game. And he was averaging like 17 and four assists in each one of those contests. So if if he's sticking in the starting lineup, which I expect him to do, I think I think he's had some staying power as long as Malcolm Brogdon's off the floor. Right. We have one of our action experts, senior NBA analyst, Matt Moore, has been on the beat for much of the trade talk, and, and he has the intel. Two executives that have said there's a better than 50% chance that the Pacers hold on to Demonis Sabonis. So I don't know. I think some dark horse team is going to come out and, and probably try to make a move for him, being that he's already been on the block. With, between him or Miles Turner, I got to expect one of those guys are going to be traded. I don't, I don't think either of these guys are going to remain. Being that they've already sold Karis LeVert, I think they're going to continue to be sellers at the deadline here and potentially rebuild this roster around some of their younger talent. But on the Cavs side, I just want to bring it up real quick. You mentioned that you think Isaac Okoro's minutes might be down. Um, he is the small forward, so I don't know. With with Karis LeVert there, I think he's going to be playing more of the two guard. You know, obviously, Darius Garland being out of the lineup has opened up more backcourt opportunities for a lot of people. But um, I think Okoro will still get some minutes. I just don't really like his fantasy appeal, whether he's getting minutes or not. He doesn't yeah, really do that exactly. much for you, right? right. So... Right. That's more of a nothing burger. His lines are like 10 points, one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block. Right, right, exactly. So I think this is more of a, if you have Chris Duarte, like congratulations. I think he should he should probably see an uptick in usage and see him kind of flourish as a rookie. Definitely one of the better value picks this year out of the lottery this year uh, in Chris Duarte. But um, yeah, the other trade that went down earlier this week, the uh, Portland Trail Blazers and the Los Angeles Clippers did a little swap here. And we saw Robert Covington and Norman Powell go to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and I think I'm missing one other player. Deion uh, Johnson. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that guy. So right. you got to imagine, man, the, the Clippers, we've been talking about them for several weeks now. Their rotation is deep, and Ty Lue was still trying to figure out what his his most trustworthy lineup is. And I think this just muddied the waters a bit for people like Amir Coffey, Nick Batum, because when you got a defensive player like Robert Covington, who's literally the epitome of a three and D guy, you got to expect he's going to earn minutes there. And then you also have Norman Powell, who is a good scoring threat. And that's really what the Clippers offense has been missing. They don't have a, a consistent score. So I think he kind of catapults himself into at least more scoring opportunities there. Now, I don't know what that does for the rest of his stats, but, uh, I don't know if I feel good about rostering any Clippers at this point. I don't know. They're just so deep, man. They're going to give everybody minutes, it seems. So I just want to get your thoughts on what do you think that that trade did for the fantasy values of, of the Clippers players, but then also what you expect out of the Blazers side of things. Yeah, first and foremost, this trade tells me the Clippers are going for it, which also tells me that I expect like Paul George to come back at some point in the, maybe not the near future, but I expect Paul George to come back for a playoff run. Whether or not Kawhi comes back, I don't think anybody knows. I think the most recent thing is he's unlikely to come back, but the Clippers could be could be slow playing this too. Like we we've seen stuff like this like before, where I mean, with the Lakers, we thought LeBron was going to be out longer than he was out, but then they started losing and they wanted to get back in the playoff hunt. So you never know what's going to happen here. But bringing in Norman Powell and Robert Covington is good from a basketball perspective. I give a down tick to probably every Clipper from a fantasy basketball perspective, right. and and that that includes Norman Powell and Robert Covington. 
who are both seeing minutes in the mid to upper 30s with the Trailblazers. That probably doesn't happen. The Clippers have a log jam at the combo guard forward position, right? Yeah. Uh, you got those two guys now. You got Amir Coffey, you got uh, Nick Batum, you got Luke Kennard. Um, Luke Kennard was really good for a while. Amir Coffey was really good for a while. Probably not so much anymore with, you know, Norm Powell and Robert Covington in the building, probably taking you know, a couple starting spots there. That's how I see it shaking out on the, on the Clippers side. And in Portland, there's a lot of opportunity now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of youngsters who are going to get minutes because they just have a, a very tight rotation and they don't play a lot of guys and they're, they're losing basketball team right now. So Anthony Simons should see all the usage. CJ McCollum, all the usage until CJ McCollum gets traded. We'll see. We've, we've heard lots of rumors that McCollum could be on the move. Um, so we'll see what happens in Portland, but there's going to be opportunities for, for guys like Justice Winslow and Eric Bledsoe. Like they should play lots of minutes. So give these guys a look. Obviously, don't don't go overboard on guys like Bledsoe and Winslow. But at the first, you know, chance you see they get, you know, 30 minutes in a game like you should go pick those guys up. Yeah. Yeah. I think Anthony Simons is definitely the winner here. I'm not expecting Eric Bledsoe to make a huge impact for Portland. Um, this uh, yeah, Portland's, I think, is another one of those teams that we're going to have to continue to watch here at the trade deadline to see who else they might get rid of. Um, but this has got to bring a lot of questions out for what they're planning to do with Damian Lillard here. I know he can't be too happy if CJ McCollum walks out the door, potentially in a trade here. But um, yeah, while we're talking about the trade deadline, the trade deadline's on Thursday. So we're going to potentially see some more movement here. So there's some things that you could probably do to prepare for this. Um, but want to get your thoughts on the Hawks situation. A report came out, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that everyone on the Hawks is available, but Trey Young and Clint Capella. Clint Capella also is going through some injury issues um, here, but is there anybody on the Hawks that you think that you might want to stash for a potential trade? Like John Collins has been rumored to the Sixers, a couple other destinations. We know he wasn't happy when the Hawks weren't winning. Now that they've gone on this little winning streak here, maybe his tune has changed a little bit, but I don't know. Something tells me that, you know, the Hawks are one of those teams that's just extremely deep with talent and they can't find enough minutes for some of their players. So I want to get your thoughts on the Hawks and if there's anyone you may potentially want to stash there. They have too many guys, and they need, they're one of those teams that needs to tighten up their rotation a little bit. Right, they, exactly. They got, they're like they look like the Clippers now. They just got too many, too many of those combo guard forward situations going on. Um, Onyeka Okongwu is the guy that I would stash. But you you just said that Capella is untouchable. Like there's no there's no way that Clint Capella is untouchable. Like I legitimately think that Onyeka Okongwu is a better basketball player than Clint Capella and brings more to the table than Capella does right now. And he's been seeing like just as many minutes. Like. Whether or not Capella's hurt or they're just, you know, hoping that he doesn't re-injure himself because they want to put him in a trade, like that, that's also possible. But uh, right now you need to be rostering Onyeka Okongwu for the chance that Capella gets moved. And then Okongwu steps into like, you know, 15-15 and three blocks as a starter. Like, I don't know, man. You're, you're putting some uh, – Jake Fisher is pretty reputable here, and he's saying that it's – Clint Capella's not on the move right now, so – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, just looking at the reports here, it sounds like he's not he's not going to be on the on the on the trade. They block just here. you can't have you. Yeah, I mean, you you figure like in the future, like it can't you can't have two guys like that. Like the Sixers have Embiid and Drummond because Drummond's at the end of his career. Like I mean, he's not at the end of his career, but he's he's a guy who's who's who understands that he's now a career backup, right? Like Capella, right. like whenever Capella gets to that stage, like you need a like a Congo to step into the starting lineup and be that guy that you sort of like that you know he's the force in the in the front court. Um, I, whether or not it happens now or you know in the off season, you know I can't be so sure. But 
I would absolutely be stashing him. Like if, if there was one guy on the Hawks that I'm stashing, it's it's Onyaka Okongwu. And then obviously gotta gotta address the elephant in the room with Harden rumors going to Philly. What are you expecting? If this actually goes down, expect some combination of whether it be Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel or Ben Simmons and a bunch of other people. Hopefully the Sixers don't release uh, Tyrese Maxey as a part of that deal. But what would you expect if that trade were to go down? Was there anybody that you would you would find as a uh, benefit on the Sixers or the Nets to uh, kind of win out if that would happen? So the Sixers, you figure like Seth Curry would take a back seat and probably lose some some fantasy value if, if James Harden came in. Maxey uh, to, too. Probably yeah, Ma- yeah. Oh, yeah. Maxey too, for sure. Um, and then, uh, on the Brooklyn side, you wonder like, would Ben Simmons play right away? Um, probably like he's, <laughs> he's, he's vaccinated perfectly... at least, at least he's got that part <laughs> figured out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he probably, he probably has some value there, especially if Kevin Durant, um, you know, is, is not coming back until whenever he comes back in March or something like that. That, that brings up a good point. Like is Simmons worth a stash though? Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Right. So, so if he's on the waivers, if, are you picking him up? Right. If if you have enough enough transactions per week and you're kind of in a good spot and you feel like you're going to make the playoffs and you don't necessarily need every one of your um your pickups for that week, yeah, he he's a guy that I pick up right now because you only have to wait what two or three days uh, yeah. to see if he gets moved. So I would I would get ahead of the curve and do that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm the ultimate pessimist uh, as a, as a Sixers fan. I, I don't necessarily think this trade goes down. I mean, what do, what do you think? Like, do you think a move like that could be pulled like before the deadline? It just seems a little bit. I mean, Shams reported it, so there's obviously some some churn there. But yeah, I think that there's I think that there is a possibility that could happen because one thing that we have seen, I think you've been pretty vocal about it on Twitter, is these mysterious James Harden absences that have been popping up here with these hamstring injuries. That's right. That's Part right. of me feels like he's already mailing it in a little bit, and they just don't want they can't obviously say that to the media, but. He, there's where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Like he's obviously not happy about something and whether it's playing with Kyrie or maybe the fact that he's not all in on it, (laughs) you could make that move. And I think that the the pieces work for both squads. So, and and I don't think you have to give up that much because the caliber of a player that you're getting with Ben Simmons to go into the Brooklyn is, is pretty much a a match. If you look at the age of James Harden, their contracts and all that stuff. So, you know, I think it's low risk for the Sixers to do it. I just don't, it's a pretty blockbuster deal to be making, with a competitor in your division. So and, I don't know. And, I, and to go back to the injuries, like, like Matisse Tybel has been playing. And then all of a sudden on Sunday, he's listed as questionable with a shoulder injury. So like he, he could be part, he could definitely be part of a deal. I ran the GN trade generator. And it was, it was uh Simmons and Tybel for Harden and the salaries worked out. Like let's just the wind, the wind loss differential, and, the wind loss differential wasn't that different. Right. Because that's one thing that the, the Nets absolutely need is someone in their front court to help them play better defense. Now they, they probably need it more from the center position, but Matisse Thibault is one of the best defenders in the league. So it's not like they're not getting an upgrade there. So. I actually think, I actually think it makes both teams better. Like it's yeah. like, it, like I really do. If, if Harden's unhappy there and Simmons is unhappy in Philly, like let's, let's go, let's make this shit happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then imagine like, you get somebody of a caliber of James Harden when he's actually playing basketball willingly with Embiid, that's the type of pairing you need. For a superstar like that, that's playing the best brand of basketball he's ever played. So, yeah, uh, I'm, you know, obviously we're, we're we're Philly fans. We want to see it happen, but uh, from a, from a basketball sense, it actually makes sense. Then how much um, more can you? How much more can you get for if you're the Nets? How much more do you expect to get from for James Harden than Ben Simmons? Yeah, to have, I mean, unless, right. unless, we're, unless we're going into that realm where we're talking the Russell Westbrooks and John Walls of the world, 
you're not you're you're getting way better value with Ben Simmons. Exactly. Here, you got the exactly. young guy. Exactly. He hasn't played at all. Speaking of which, Russell Westbrook, man, it just gets <laughs> it just gets worse and worse, man. The yeah. crowd is booing him. Yeah. He continues to try to shoot that bank shot from that spot. He continues to brick it. Uh, I don't know, man. Roosh has been talking about it a lot, friend of the show, about a potential John Wall, Russ back to Houston swap. I think that that would probably be in Russ's best interest right now because he's just not vibing. Frank Vogel said that he was benched at the end of the game until he plays better. It's, I mean, it's out in the open now, so I don't know. Maybe we'll see Russ on the move. I wouldn't be surprised. It's, right now, it's just the contract thing, but he's definitely not fitting with the Lakers. AD has been playing outside of his mind. The best basketball he's played all season. So I think if you get rid of Russell Westbrook, maybe they have some opportunity to make a run here in the playoffs, but they got to do something. Yeah, uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook, like, he's at a really weird stage in his career where he can still get to the basket, like, at ease against bad teams, but, like, he literally does nothing else to help you. Uh, in any in any aspect of the game, like it, the, the Lakers are really better off from a team's perspective having Austin Reeves on the floor. Yeah, because he can he can step out, hit a three. And actually, he can put on he can put on the floor a little bit too. Yeah, um, he but, plays yeah. better defense too. He's more de- like you can you can see LeBron James already. I mean, there's that meme of him like looking yeah, yeah, super yeah. puzzled, but yeah. whatever. But at least he's not making the mistakes that Russ is making late game. That's that's costing the Lakers buckets here. So yeah, uh, curious to see how that that shakes out. But let's get into some of the waivers. Um, we'll obviously keep you guys posted, keep Adam's Twitter. He's, he's always very active at, at, at marking all the things that are happening around the league and the, the potential fancy impacts there. So make sure you follow him on Twitter. If you don't already at Adam Koffler, but for, so for week 17, man, we got eight teams playing four games and we got 20 teams playing three games and only two teams playing two games, them being the Milwaukee bucks and the Houston Rockets. But I want to talk about some of the waiver guys only five weeks left in the season. This is where you got to maximize some of your plays here. So give me some of the names that, that have kind of popped off in your mind of people that have been showing out pretty well. We talked about Terry Taylor, him obviously having a little bit of staying power. I think we could also talk about Davion Mitchell and how Darren Fox continues to miss games. Maybe this is another thing. Wouldn't be surprised if he was on the move. Sacramento absolutely needs to do something at the deadline. So Davion Mitchell certainly has some staying power. Io Dosimu continues to ball out. No question there. Any other guys that come to mind for you? Yeah, I'm I'm like a theorist and a narrative kind of guy. So like when when guys are hurt around the trade deadline and they're all they're in all sorts of rumors, I just expect they're going to be traded. That doesn't that doesn't that happens way less than <laughs> than than I'd like it to. Like right. for example, you know, and then you talk about like birthday narratives. I'm a, I'm a big birthday narrative guy. Revenge uh, Terrence, narratives. Terrence, Terrence Ross's birthday was the other night. And he scored four points in ten minutes. So that's that's not. <laughs> I think maybe, he's, too old. he's too old for a birthday narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's possible it's his last game in Orlando or something. Like, for, so I figured, you know, so I, I total, totally whiffed on that one if you follow me on Twitter. Um, but a couple of guys I like, uh, look, at the ga- look at the teams that play four games next week. Uh, in Oklahoma City, I really like a few guys there. Darius Baisley stepped into the starting lineup. Uh, like him a lot. He stepped in for Aaron Wiggins, who's going to miss a lot of time, according to, according to the, uh, the coaching staff there in Oklahoma City. Uh, I also like Ty Jerome. Yeah. Um, Kenrick Will. Yeah, yeah. He's an assist guy. Kenrick Williams uh, could get some, some defensive stats, and uh, and Trey Mann. But Trey Mann, Trey Mann's more of a scorer. He's sort of a, a volume guy, and doesn't really do a whole lot outside of that. Um, so I'm not as interested in Trey Mann, even though he does start. Like I'd, I'd rather take a look at Ty Jerome uh, while SGA is out and Darius Baisley there uh, for OKC. Um. In Phoenix, I'm a little bit, honestly, like I know we talked about this guy a lot, Cam Johnson. I've cooled on him a little bit. Like he, he shoots a very, very good percentage, but with Jay Crowder back in the lineup, like he's only playing between 18 and 22 minutes a game. 
So he's, he's back to his reserve role where he's scoring 12 points and getting four rebounds. Like that's, that's just, that's just not enough. If you need, you know, streaming guys to get you over the top in any given week. Um, the Suns do play four games though this week. So, so I, I don't mind holding on to Cam Johnson this week. And then in Golden State, I would take a look at, uh, at uh, Kevon Looney and uh, Jonathan Kaminga, honestly. Draymond Green's still out. Uh, we got word that uh, Nemanja or Nemanja Bielitsa is going to be out, yeah. going to be out a few games as well. So that helps uh, Kuminga's stock and probably Kevon Looney's stock a little bit too. Um, so those are those are two guys I'd look at there in Golden State, and then in Chicago, like you said, I mean, Io Desunmu just continues to rack up the assists and shoot uh, at a nice clip uh, from the field, and then uh, and then also in Chicago, Javante Green. Yeah, he looks like he looks definitely looks like a, a streamable asset with uh, with the minutes he's been getting as a starter with Zach Levine out. Great. Yeah, a couple of names I also want to throw out there for in Dallas. Reggie Bullock has been playing really oh, yeah. well for the uh, Dallas Mavericks here. Um, he's seen over 30 minutes in three straight games, and he's delivering. He's, he's scoring. He's shooting threes. He also the hair. Just... It's, it's, it's the neon green. <laughs> it's the neon green, like, hair braid that sticks up. Yeah, he's feeling himself for sure. But he also gives you some steals, too. So if you need some uh, steals, threes, and uh, scoring, Reggie Bullock's definitely solid there. Uh, Gary Harris has actually been decent for the Orlando Magic, so... They only play three games, but he could be a guy that might be moved at the deadline. We don't know yet, but he's ha- he has been playing really well for the Orlando Magic, getting getting the minutes there. De'Anthony Melton, we talked about him last week. Uh, the, the Grizzlies only have three games this week, but uh, I mean, he's just been playing great. So I don't, I don't see him leaving the lineup right now. It seems like Brandon Clark and Zaire Williams are kind of cannibalizing each other's minutes there. But uh, De'Anthony Melton's find his, find his way in, in producing here. So with the Grizzlies playing so well, I don't see him going to the bench like he's that we've been used to and frustrated with all season. Yeah, man. But like you said, like you, you, you talked to Orlando a little bit. Can we, can we, can we go back to the magic and talk about Mo Bamba? Like what, what's going on with Mo Bamba? What's going on? What's going on with him, man? He's starting every I game, don't know. but he's just not, I don't know Chuma, what happened to him. He hit a Chuma wall. Maybe. Chuma Okiki's playing more minutes than Mo Bamba. Like either yeah. Mo Bamba's hurt or Mo Bamba's about to get traded. Like, but the, the magic, the magic have to do something like the magic, the, a team like the magic just can't sit still. Terrence Ross has to be moved. Gary Harris has to be moved. Like these guys have to be moved for some sort of like asset coming back. Like there's, there's just no reason for a bad team to have guys that can contribute, you know, positively to a team that's making a playoff run. Like they might not be able to get that much back for these guys, but they're just like sitting on their bench doing nothing. Like they're just old assets that just, I don't know. The Orlando Magic need to make moves. Mo Bamba's from the old regime. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Orlando did make a move because you know, they did spend for Wendell Carter, giving him that that contract or whatever. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if him, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, you know, most of those guys that we were talking about before would be on the move to really stick to this young core here with Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony, et cetera. Um, but yeah, super frustrating if you're a Mo Bamba owner, just because he was so good in the beginning of the season. Now it seems to just hit this this wall and he's getting passed by Chumo Kiki. It's like it's um, like it's like Rashawn Holmes in Sacramento, like. With with Damian Damian Jones. Damian Jones. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna mention him as a he's, potential pickup here because he's he's eating into his minutes and he's getting he's, time. And it's he's a guy that, he's a guy much like Onyeka Okongwu that I'm stashing because you know God knows what the Sacramento Kings are gonna do with the deadline. Probably right. something like if if you're listening to the rumor mill, like the Aaron Fox is there, Holmes is there, excuse me, Bagley's there, Barnes is there, like the whole team. Buddy heels on the trade. Block. They're, they're all they're all tradable pieces, right? Exactly. At this point, 
Exactly. Yeah. Any any bad team where you've heard the rumor mills like swirling, like th- those those guys are definitely tradable pieces. So keep an eye on a guy like Damian Jones in addition to Onyeko Okongwu. Yeah, Mo Harkless has, has somehow earned minutes for Sacramento the last couple of games too. So keep an eye out on him. They only play three games next week, but um, he has been playing well with the additional minutes. Um, Jackson Hayes has actually been pretty good. Curious about what your thoughts are of him stay, potentially staying in the starting lineup. Um, yeah, because we see we see yeah. the Falcons actually win some games recently. Yeah, yeah. Talk about another team where there could be some opportunity based on the trade deadline. Like Josh Hart has been out. Brandon Ingram was out for a bit. He's back, obviously now. But Jackson Hayes is stuck in the starting lineup uh, so long as Josh Hart's out. And we've we've heard rumors that Josh Hart's on the trade block. So if the Pelicans continue to uh, deploy this two big lineup with Jackson Hayes and Jonas Valanciunas both starting, Jackson Hayes has looked really good. Like yes. he's he's got he's got tons of potential there with you know 25 to 30 minutes a game. And he shoots really well from the floor and really well from the free throw line, which is impressive for a big. So Definitely hold a guy like Jackson Hayes through the trade deadline uh, because his his opportunity could continue to stick in New Orleans. Agree with that. Yeah, he's dropped 22 and 11 in his last outing with 33 minutes, man. And he pretty much gave you everything except for a three-pointer. Super efficient, doesn't turn over the ball a lot. Definitely some room for opportunity there as we get to the final five weeks of the season. So let's uh, let's get into some strategy discussion, man. I think this is probably one of the more important discussions that we're going to have. And we're going to have continue to have this conversation over the course of the next four or five weeks here as you're trying to make the playoffs. But uh, as the trade deadline's approaching, are there any players specifically that you're targeting that we haven't already discussed? Um, you know, you mentioned a Kongwu just for obvious reasons, you know, every monitoring the Pacer situation, any bad team essentially monitoring their situation because they could be the ones that are, um, moving some players that could open up some opportunities. Think about bad teams and think about players that, you know, teams want to see develop. Uh, Alperen Shangun on Houston. Yeah. Right like, for opportunity. Exactly. Like down the stretch, like teams going to want to see what they have in him. Uh, I'm interested in, I'm interested in uh, probably stashing him away because he's probably available in most leagues. Uh, in the beginning of the season, there was some hype around him and, and how he could possibly be in the starting lineup. And he's had some ups and downs this season. But, you know, down down the down the stretch here at the end of the season, like he's a guy that I'd be looking at uh, to possibly, you know, it, we call guys league winners all the time. And, and right. you know, he's probably not a league winner, but he's got a lot of potential. So it, definitely yeah. keep an eye on him. On that thread of the Rockets, I think also Eric Gordon's also been rumored to be on the trade block for a while. That could open up time. We talked about a couple of weeks ago, KJ Martin. When given minutes, that dude is really solid. And he showed it last year during the playoffs. So I think that that's a guy that you can definitely keep an eye on in Houston if uh, they decide to move on from Eric Gordon. Josh Chris too in Houston. Um, he he good, he, good ball, he yeah. balls out with opportunity, and then and then you go to go to a team like Detroit. They're kind of like the Magic. Right now they're playing ten guys, and Kelly Olynyk is off the bench playing fifteen minutes. Jeremy Grant's back in the starting lineup playing thirty plus. Like something's got to give there. Jeremy Grant's been rumored to be on the trade block, so he could he could definitely go to another team. But Olynyk could also go to another team. So it just kind of depends. I'm I'm holding both of those guys because. I do think one of them gets moved more likely Jeremy Grant because he, he could really help a contender. So we'll see what happens there in Detroit. I know Kate Cunningham has been out a couple games um, and there, there's, there's probably going to be some opportunity if a couple guys get moved there in Detroit as well. So that's a, I know we keep going back to Orlando, but yeah, you know, that, that also makes me think, you know, if Gary Harris is on the move and Terrence Ross, potentially Jalen Suggs 
becomes more relevant because even though he's right now, he's primarily just a defensive guy. If you give him 30 minutes, maybe we'll see his offensive game flourish a little bit more alongside Cole Anthony there with like, you know, potentially 30 minutes a game. So I think he's another guy you could possibly want to stash there. Yep. If you're in the top spot, what are you doing right now? Like, what's your strategy? Obviously going to be contingent on what your roster settings are, how many IL spots you have available, but want to get your thoughts on just like, if you're, if you're sitting pretty right now, you're not really worried about the rest of the season for the next five weeks. because you have a big enough margin? Are you going for those Alpha and Sagoon type players, or are you just trying to continue to just, you know, win each week, play for the now? And like, how, how are you kind of navigating that? I am, I am stashing uh, players that may not have short-term value, but that have longer-term value. And, and that could either mean, by, you know, by the form of picking up a guy like Ben Simmons, like I am picking up Ben Simmons if I'm in first, second, or third place, and I feel comfortable make, making the playoffs. He's sitting there on the wire. I am also trading for a guy like Kevin Durant. Like people, people will forget about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant will, will be back. It's, you know, it's a, uh, I forget exactly. What was the injury? Ankle? It was MCL. MCL. Okay. He'll be back. Uh, I promise you that, right? The Nets are, the Nets are a, a middle, middle, uh, what, middle of the pack kind of team. Yeah. Um, if James Harden gets traded, think about that. Like that opens up a lot of opportunity for KD, uh, especially because Kyrie's only going to play four of 10 games for the Nets in the fantasy basketball playoffs. Um so go trade for Kevin Durant. They're going to be vying for playoff <laughs> spots, right? Like, I mean, they're kind of yeah. slipping down the uh, standings there a little bit. And you have teams like Cleveland that's making moves, getting Karis Leverts of the world. They're going to have to, uh, the seeding is going to matter. So KD is going to be really important towards the end of the season. So I feel that. And uh, all the teams that, uh, there's, there's some teams that have more favorable schedules for the fantasy playoffs. I'd be looking at guys on those teams. Uh, to the, possibly... Toronto, the Toronto's, the Sixers of the world. Yep, Toronto's, Sixers of the world. Uh, I would be trading uh, away guys ahead of the fantasy trade deadline that play on teams that don't play very much in the fantasy playoffs. That includes players on the Clippers, guys on the Memphis Grizzlies. So I know it's uncomfortable to trade away the John ja Morants and Jaron Jacksons of the world, but if they only play nine games in the fantasy playoffs and then you can get even a guy like Tobias Harris, for example, who's going to play three more games than that over the span of the fantasy playoffs. That matters a lot. So just some, those are definitely things to consider as you, as you move forward. But if you're a team, you know, that's on the outside looking into the playoffs, you need to kind of think about it differently. Like you, you need guys that play more games. Now you don't care about the fact that you have Desmond Bain, Devin Booker, John Morant, like they don't have a lot of games in the playoffs, but they've got more games now. And that, that matters. So you have to play it from that angle. Like, you know, keep those guys on your team or go get those guys that play more now. So, cause you need to get in the playoffs. If you even have a chance, you know, at winning a title, if you don't even get into the playoffs, you have no chance. Right. So think about it from a different angle, depending on where you, where you are in the standings right now. Yeah. I think that's really important. It's cause like, you're going to have two competing strategies there. If you're yes. you know, sitting in seventh place, you're on the cusp there. You got to grind each week uh, and, and knowing by schedule, you know, who has the most games each week so you can get that added production versus if you're sitting pretty, you may not have to worry about that too much. So look longer, longer tail you, there. I'll give you a good example. In one of my leagues, I I had one more pickup left for the week, and it was it was on Sunday. And I I have Cam Johnson, and I was comfortable dropping him for Patrick Beverly because I needed to win assists, and I was on the verge of winning assists, and I thought Beverly could get me over the hump, which we'll see if he do, if he did or not. You know when this podcast comes out, but I need a win 
in every category every week, right. To get into the playoffs. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for a playoff spot. So I want every, you know, every category matters right now. And so I'm, I was willing to make a move like that. Whereas if I was in first place, I probably wouldn't make that move. I'd probably hold on to Cam Johnson. Right. So that's, that's kind of how that's, and that's a really interesting thought because the Suns have such a, a lead, a substantial lead in the standings that who knows by the time you get to the end of the season, we could see more people resting, especially Jay Crowder, who's not only been injured, but he's a veteran. So right. we don't need to see him, you know, against the Orlando Magic or some team like that. So yeah. um, Cam Johnson there, could definitely play more value towards the end of the season. If you remember, think back last season, there are players right now that you don't know about that are going to be league winners in the fantasy basketball playoffs. Just remember yeah. that. So, so when, when guys get their opportunity, pounce. Right. All right. We'll continue to monitor the trade deadline. Make sure you check out actionnetwork.com. For Matt Moore, he's going to be dropping all of the latest in any trade action that happens at the course of the week. Check out the fantasy forecast with myself and Joe Delira. We'll, we'll be breaking down much of what we talked about here, as well as some additional player prop angles. If you haven't been reading it, Io Dasamu has been a freaking beast. Patty Mills, escalator props, always hitting. So make sure you check that out if you want to get some money. Tell our action experts in the Action Network app. Um, where you guys can also place your bets there and track for yourself. Download Prize Picks if you haven't already. They will match your first deposit up to $100 by using promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. Make sure you check out Adam Koffler on Twitter, at Adam Koffler. I'm at Dan Titus. Until next week, let's get buckets.